Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Former Female Athlete Podcast. My name is Allie Hartman. I'm your host, and our former female athlete today is Tony Vandenbrink. She was a volleyball player at Mount Royal University. While she was there, she got her Bachelor's of Science in Biology. She also went back to school to become a dietitian. Me and Tony talk a lot about body image in sports, especially after you finish sport, and just what that transition looks like for most female athletes. She has a lot of good things to say about body image and nutrition and that whole realm of the post-athletic struggle for us, so you're definitely going to want to listen. Stay tuned, and let's get into it. Okay, do you want to start with telling me just how you got into volleyball and what made you decide to go to college and play? Yeah, so I had played, I think I started in like, I want to say grade seven or eight, but I have always been one of those people. Like I love volleyball so much, but I was always not making like the top team. Like when I first started, I was getting cut. I also hadn't hit my growth spurt. So I was like short for my age. And, um, it just like my volleyball journey started out having to work really hard to get to where I wanted to go, but I always loved it. I never let not being the best like get in my way. And then by the time um, like grade 10 to 12 hit, I kind of like hit my peak. I hit a growth spurt and like all my hard work had just kind of started to pay off. And so I was able to get a scholarship to go play at a college in Canada. And um, so I started my first year at a place called Douglas College and it was great. Um, I loved playing. Yeah, like I love playing volleyball. Volleyball is my life. So like I was really happy to be playing for a college. But the only thing was, was that college didn't offer like full degrees. It was just like kind of like it just offered shorter degrees. So I had to switch to a university. And then that's where I ended up playing my next two and a half ish years of volleyball because I had to quit early. I'm sure we'll get into that <laughs> later <Yeah>. on. But um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of how I got into my volleyball journey. I'd always loved it, but had to work really fucking hard to play in university. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So are you from Canada originally? Yeah, yeah. So I'm born and raised uh, in the Okanagan, which is in British Columbia. So and then I went my first, the first college that I went to is in Vancouver, BC. And then I went to Calgary, Alberta. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. We can talk about it right now if you want to, because I want to talk about your transition out of sports and just how that was for you and it sounded like you had a little bit of a different situation so could you tell me about that totally so yeah after I transitioned from my college that I was playing at up to the university university was also like a higher level I know in the states there's like div one div two mm -hmm. I would say like the college would have been like div two the university would have been like our div one and so it was more competitive um just all around and that after that year of transitioning, like I got to play a little bit, but like not very much. I definitely wasn't on the starting lineup. And so after that year, um, my first year at the university, I was like, okay, I need to work really hard. And like, I tried, I thought I could like work really hard in both fitness and like change the way that I'm eating so that I could be the best athlete possible. But it, I actually ended up developing basically an eating disorder from that because I just wasn't getting my nutrition information from good sources. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I went back like thinking I was going to be a way better athlete, but I had been res restricting my intake all summer, like over-exercising. So my body was absolutely exhausted. And then that next season, I went on to have like one of the worst volleyball seasons of my life because I was trying so hard, but I was just in a place where 
I wasn't eating enough. I was over exercising and like it could show in my performance. And I was so confused as to why I wasn't performing well because I felt like I was doing everything that I could. So with that, with me kind of struggling with my relationship with food, and then on top of that, I had a little bit of a manipulative coach that I just didn't see eye to eye on. And she kind of impacted my relationship with volleyball as well. Like I felt like I lost all my confidence in myself and in in my abilities. And so then after that, I stuck out one more year with that university. And then I had to quit for my mental and physical health just because I hit like my absolute breaking point. And so me ending varsity volleyball, like it ended my journey like it still is like a little bit heartbreaking to me because I pictured I would have played for my full like university degree and then even gone on to play more if I could have. And so having to quit early was super heartbreaking, but it completely changed like um, my life for so many different ways. And like it, it put me on the path to where I'm at today. But when the transition was one of the hardest things I've ever done because the journey was cut short in my mind. Mm-hmm. Did you still go have one more year of school to finish? Yeah. So I still had another year of school to finish. So then I was, yeah, like a NARP going to school with all my other teammates, literally still playing volleyball and like having, so I had, I carried so much shame too, because like, especially as an athlete, we're so competitive. We're so driven. Like quitting was never, I never thought that I would quit. Like I had never been a quitter before that, but it literally was my only option. Like my mental health was absolutely in the gutter. And like I was saying, like my physical health was as well. And so yeah, it was really hard having to then do that next full year, a lot like going to the same school, doing the same things, but not as an athlete. So that felt really isolating as well. And it was really hard to adjust to. Yeah. I feel like there's such a stigma around people that quit and for mm-hmm. athletes to just look down on them because they're they they're looked at like they're lazy and they don't care about the sport and they never took it serious. But like in reality, 90% of the time they're taking themselves seriously and putting themselves above the sport. And I hate that they get that look around them. No, totally. I fully agree. And I feel like as athletes, we can all relate to like, it's not something that we wouldn't have gotten to where we're at to playing in university, to playing varsity sports if we didn't have that mindset. So like quitting is a really hard thing for people to do. And I think it should honestly be like if someone, especially if you're in a place where like I was saying, your mental and physical health, like you're not putting yourself first, quitting is like the most brave and courageous and like honorable thing to do. And I think there should be changed mindset and a changed outlook around it and like more support for other college athletes who have had to quit because it's a, yeah, it's a really tough thing to do. Graduating, quitting, whenever you're ending your sport, like it's, it's such a tough transition. Like you talk about on your podcast. Yeah, it is. So once you finished college and were done with all your classes, what was the first thing you did Mm career-wise after that? Yeah, great question. So actually, like when even after after I finished volleyball or like the day after I quit volleyball, like I was already like, okay, what's the next thing I'm going to do? Like I can't. I needed something to like fulfill myself because that was where all my passion was. That was also my identity was like so tied to being an athlete. So I had to figure out, I just found another sport for me to do. So there was in the area that I was in, competitive rowing was really big. And so I got recruited to join a competitive rowing team. So I literally just went from like one sport to the next, which um, I think it was really beneficial in some ways because I also 
it was really fun trying something new and it helped me have that sense of passion and relearn and like that self-confidence again by showing myself, oh, hey, like I am a good athlete just because this happened, like it doesn't define me. And so that was really cool. But it also kind of enabled a lot of those negative relationship with food and body image things that I had because rowing is a sport that also it has heavy weight and like lightweight classes. And so a lot of those kind of mindsets, it was a little bit of a negative area for me. But that's what I did right after I finished playing volleyball. I did yeah competitive rowing for three years and I also did CrossFit on the side of that. So I like very much stayed in that competitive athlete lane until um, just before the pandemic when I had to quit both of those sports again because my relationship with food had taken a negative toll once again. Yeah. So is that when you decided to go back to school to be a dietitian? Yeah. So after I graduated, I kind of took a gap year because I got just a Bachelor of Science. And with mm-hmm. a Bachelor of Science, there's like not much you can do other than research That's what or I going have. into yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like tough, at least in Canada. It was tough for me yeah. to find a job. I would have had to literally just go into a research lab, which wasn't my jam. I love talking to people and being around people. So I took a gap year. Um, it's not really a gap year since I completed a degree, but I took a year off and um, just kind of tried to figure out what I was passionate about. And at that time, it was food and like being healthy, but I was kind of, I was coming at it from a disordered point of view. So I originally applied to my next degree, which is dietetics, the one that I'm completing right now, um, from a, yeah, a disordered place, from a place where I was struggling with binge eating and all of these things, but I never shared that with anyone. I was just like, oh, I'm super healthy. I eat super clean. Like I can help other people be like this. And then throughout um, my journey, I've my focus has changed from that to wanting to help people and athletes, female athletes, former athletes, heal their relationship with food and their bodies because it's easy for it to get so twisted, especially as athletes. Yeah, for sure. And there's not enough resources, especially for smaller schools. I'm sure big D1 schools have these resources, but like Mm -hmm. I had no nutritionist or anybody that I could reach out to and talk about. Like I had me and I just had to figure out what to eat as an athlete. And I think that's, that's where, that's where we have our downfall is like, we don't know. And there's nobody to totally, tell us. Totally. Yeah. That's ex- like, that's, yeah, you hit it on the head because it's like some schools, if you're lucky, yeah, you could have a team nutritionist or a team dietitian. And if you don't have that, that information is coming from your coaches who have their own things. It's coming from personal trainers who are not certified in, who, yeah. who don't have a degree, who haven't studied nutrition and food. And so, and, or it's coming from social media, which is where I got literally before I became a dietitian, I got all of my <laughs> nutrition information from social media, which is like the worst place if you're not yeah. searching for like registered healthcare professionals like dietitians to get information from. So there's just so much misinformation coming at us from all angles. And we're all just trying our best. Like we just want to be a good athlete. We just want to be fueling our body. Well, like we're just trying our best, but there's so much of a gap there. Yeah, I agree. Now that you've been in school for a little bit for this, what and you touched on it a little bit, what are the big roles that nutrition does play in athletes like while they're performing? Yeah, nutrition obviously plays a huge role and the number one thing I've learned like through my degree and and taking some sports um nutrition classes as well is like there's a crazy stat. I can't remember the exact number, but the majority of athletes are not fueling themselves properly. So the majority of athletes aren't eating enough. Like for the amount that we're training, we're 
like everything, the energy expenditure that we're putting out there. So many athletes aren't able to get enough food in because also we're trying to think, I know for in my sport, there was like all these sayings like with volleyball, like fat don't fly. Like everyone's trying to be like the leanest version of themselves possible, which is just has a lot of like diet culture tied into the sport as well. But so there's that. So we're choosing not to eat as much. And then the fact the, when the reality is for us to be performing our best, we probably should have been eating way more than what we actually were. Like so many of us didn't have enough energy to perform our best because we weren't eating enough. And that goes for most athletes. So nutrition plays a huge role. And basically the you can get into the nitty gritty for like each different sport, but baseline eat more. If you're an athlete, yeah. I guarantee you probably have to eat more. And it's hard because like we have classes, you have like, there's so many, you ha- it takes so much preparation to eat enough. And so it's really hard to do. And I think that's what plays into it as well. Yeah. Agreed. On the other hand, after you transition out of sports, you're not as active. Like what contributes to our body image then compared to while we're actually performing and we're athletes. Totally. Yeah. Transitioning out of sports is like I said, like it's so hard because all of a sudden you go from having all of this structure, like this team around you, a team of, and then like coaches, athletic trainers, like all these people to having nothing. And you're like, okay, should I still be eating this much? Am I eating enough? Am I not eating enough? Should I be avoiding these foods now? Like what's going to happen to my body? Am I going to gain weight now that I'm not an athlete? And like, I remember when I graduated, I was so afraid of that. And so I automatically like jumped on like a fitness influencer program. Like as soon as I finished volleyball, I was like, Ooh, I think I went on like, honestly, like bodybuilding.com or like one of those websites that like I'm cringing, like I do not like them. And I was like doing like a, some like professional bodybuilder, like YouTuber, fitness influencer, like workout guide and meal plan, because I was so afraid of my body changing. And that's one of the things when you leave your sport that I think kind of causes athletes to have a negative relationship with food in their bodies is because we're so afraid of how it's going to change and how our life is changing too. Like we had sports is also like an emotional coping tool, like all these things, like it provides so much. So we're left in a really vulnerable state after we finish our sport. And I think that's where developing a healthy relationship with food in your body and is super essential. I know, I guess you probably haven't worked with a lot of male athletes, but do you think there's a huge gap in the differences between female athletes and male athletes and not just nutrition wise, because obviously they're built very different than us, but just Mm -hmm. like how we view nutrition in general as females? Yeah. I think there is a difference. And one of the main things too, I think comes is kind of relates back to body image. So just in general, as females, like from day one, our just the way our society is, is we're taught to that our value is focused on our appearance first. Like you see it if there's like little kids playing in a playground, they're like, oh, that little boy's so strong and adventurous. And then like Mm -hmm. you see a little girl and you're like, oh, she's so cute. Like she looks, she's so beautiful. She looks exactly like her mom. Like for the little boy, they're complimenting his traits and like his personality. And for the little girl, they're complimenting her on her appearance. So like we're taught as women from day one that our number one value is in our appearance. And then that just kind of melts into everything we're doing in our life. And so, especially with sports too, like athletes, we get calm, our bodies are commented on all the time. And so I think it it kind of ties into our relationship with food and then how we're viewing the food that we're eating for sports as well. Like a lot of times, um, a lot of athletes try and eat really clean and like 
want to have so that they have this like specific aesthetic body that like they're told will help them perform in their sport. But you also just want because you've been told if you have this body, you're going to be more liked and you're going to like get more attention and all these good things are going to happen. And so I think it's for women, it's a lot more complicated. And not to say that the same thing doesn't happen for men because it does. It's like on a bigger overall all around spectrum that for women, we're focused on our appearance a lot more. And it's like a lot more tied into like deep values that we've had since we were young that we have to unlearn then when we're older. Yeah, agreed. And I think just being on a team while you're in college around 20 other females, like there's so much like if you're not worried about it, then your roommate or the person sitting beside you is going to be worried about it. And then it's Mm -hmm. going through your head because they're talking about it out loud and it's hard to step out of it and get away from it. Yeah, exactly. When you said that, like I could think like five situations in the locker room where like maybe I hadn't my relationship with food, like it kind of got bad within like my second year, like I said, after I transitioned to the university and like I hadn't fully kind of like delved into um, really trying to control food, but I saw other girls on my team, like bringing rather than bringing a sandwich, they would bring a salad or things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, if they're doing that, and especially if they're older, if they're like, if they if you look up to them, you want to do what they're doing. And so, yeah, it's you get really influenced by everyone around you. And that's why I think it's so important for like teams and coaches and everyone to have proper education on like not promoting weight stigma, fat phobia, like you're how you perform as an athlete is not based on your appearance at all unless you're in even when you're in sports like gymnastics and stuff where they are heavily like rated on their appearance their ability to perform is through their body like it's not your physical appearance is not related and so I think that's one of the big things too that has to be like set as a standard with college teams and athletes is to not focus on female college athletes' appearance, don't comment on it, and also like help female athletes to develop a healthy relationship with food so they can be fueling themselves properly so that they can perform their best. Yeah. And then if we fuel ourselves and perform our best, then there's a very good chance that we'll look our best. You know what I mean? Like it comes yes, with we'll feel our best. Ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, what are some strategies or like tips that you would give to somebody that was in your shoes a few years ago and they're struggling with their relationship with food? First would be recognize. I think that it's hard sometimes to recognize. I didn't recognize for so long or like I kind of pushed it away that I was struggling with my relationship with food because we learn all of these rules, like whatever you picked up from sport, like if you're supposed to, all of these different food rules, like these foods are clean, these foods are bad, eat these foods before a workout, eat these foods after a workout, like whatever, don't gain this much weight, lose this weight. We have all of these things in our head that we leave sports with that we kind of have to unlearn. And it also leaves us like feeling like we don't really know where to go. And so I think the main thing is to kind of take a step back and find your passion and find your purpose outside of tying your identity to one, yourself as an athlete, and second, to your appearance. Because I think, at least for me, those were two were highly combined. Like I was this athletic person. Like I looked athletic and I was an athlete. Like that was my number one way that I identified. And taking taking a step back from that and finding something else that I was passionate about. So like now it's helping women heal their relationship with food. And so like finding dietetics 
that was another passion area of mine. And that helped me take my self-value off of my appearance and my focus as an athlete alone. And I think that is so, 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 so important. And like some of the ways you can do that are by if you like every time you walk by a mirror, if you look at your body and like you see like if you pinch your stomach fat or like look at your legs and you're like, oh, they're too big, they're too small, like literally whatever. If you notice yourself doing something like body checking, taking a second and being like, nope, don't do that. Give yourself one compliment like, oh, I like it doesn't even have to be a compliment based on your looks. It's better if it's not. If you're like, oh, I'm grateful for my ears for letting me hear today. Like hear the music I was listening to. And then you walk away from the mirror and like stop yourself from body checking. That's like a super valuable tip in helping separate yourself from your appearance. And so just like different things like that. Another tool I use is writing down one thing I'm grateful for about my body each night. That really helped me when I was healing my body image as when when I um, finished playing my sports as well, like taking a step back and making that separation or else it's really hard and it's going to be hard either way. But like finding a community of people that helps you feel safe in your body and also safe with any ways that your body is going to change as well, because it the hard reality is, is that your body probably is going to change, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Once you separate yourself from being so tied to your appearance, your life is so much better. And like, you're able to focus on so much more and you're able to take that like athletic drive and passion and put it into some other area. And you're going to be so successful if that area is not just you nitpicking your body, what you're eating all the time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That kind of, I mean, it happened to me on a very small scale, but like when I transitioned out, I had already tied myself to just being a softball player in general. Like that was my entire identity. Mm-hmm. So I lost that. And then it's been two years now. So the further away I get from it, the different I look and the harder it is for me to like cope with that. But those are really good tips. I want to say like, don't feel bad for having like, if you feel those, I think that's a huge misunderstanding is that like having a healthy body image is like feeling like, oh yeah, I look amazing. Like every day you look at yourself yeah. and you're like, fuck yeah, I feel great in my body. Like, I don't know who the fuck feels like that, but not me. Like I, that's, that's not realistic. Yeah. And so having a healthy body image is actually just not believing that your body looks good all the time, but it's believing that your body is good. Your body's good inherently, no matter what it looks like. If that's something too, that you're like, oh my God, that's overwhelming. That feels like a huge gap going from like not feeling comfortable in my body. And as my body's changing, not feeling comfortable with the changes to loving it, just focus on respecting your body for the way that it is and the things that it can do for you and feeling more like neutral towards it rather than like all the way on the end of the spectrum at like feeling super positive about your body because it's so normal and I am still facing that too like um, it's been at least like I think five years now since I've played competitive volleyball or I don't know how long it's been since rowing but my body has continually changed, which is normal throughout your life. And there's phases where it's harder for me to, I have to focus a lot more on those like healthy coping tools of not wanting to like go into old habits of restricting and trying to change my body because I know that never led me to a path of loving my body. I feel the most confident and happy and at peace in my body now. I haven't tried to change or control it in the past like three plus years. And it's also, I don't want to focus on like weight or like body size, but my body is in the largest size for me that it's been in my entire life. And I feel the happiest in this because not because of the size, but just because of like the control I've let go around it. Yeah. 
And I think that's so many people's mindset. They just think that they need to be skinnier and they need to lose weight and then they'll like Mm -hmm. their body. And like, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, I don't want to be skinny. Like, I just want to be strong and healthy and like be able to, and I'm like starting to get okay with that. Like, I don't want to be 120 pounds. I would rather be 190 pounds and be able to squat more than I did last year. Like, that's kind of where I'm getting at. And I think that's where a lot of athletes should strive to be at. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I love that. And like, that's so awesome. I'm so happy to hear you say that because that's like the best place to be where you're like, yeah, like I know this body can do fucking amazing things. So I want to see, like, I want to push it. I want to see where I can like, see how heavy I can squat and like focusing on strength gains, like flexibility gains, all those things are such, it's such a positive way of like be living in your body in a way that's healthy. So I think that's awesome. And also, it's so normal for like anyone who feels like they want to lose weight. It's pushed on us, it's pushed down our throats literally daily from every direction. So don't feel bad if you feel that way because it's forced upon us. That's what we're taught is that skinnier is better. We've been taught that since such a young age. So I think the like this the area, like the mindset is shifting. You see a lot more yeah. stuff on social media that's like more um, that promotes that feeling of like taking the focus off of our body and off of trying to lose weight and focus on being strong and seeing what our bodies can do as women. So I think that's really, really cool. So I'm going to ask you for one more piece of advice, but kind of going in more of the sports direction and just Mm -hmm. what you would tell a young female athlete that's wanting to go to college and she's starting her recruitment process and she just needs advice and she's 18 and you know how it was to be 18. But Athletic and sports wise, what would you tell her? Like the main thing that I would say, and this is just coming from like a a more personal note Mm -hmm. from my story with my coaches and stuff as well, is that I think it's really important. And this is something that's often missed in recruitment because everyone's just trying to like show you their best side and make you want to come to their university and things like that. If you hear, listen to what previous players that have played on the team are saying about the coach, are saying about the culture, are saying about things about the university in general, but maybe mainly like the coaching staff. I think it's super important to get other people's perspectives, get people's, um, get like the teammates perspectives, but also get people that if you can find someone that had played on the team previously, get their perspective on the coach as well, because that was something for me that I ignored. I had a lot of people tell me like, oh, this coach, like the coach at my university, which ended up being really manipulative and was not like not a good coach. A lot of people warned me about her and they told me like, oh, she's really, but they just said she's really hard. And I was like, well, oh, I'm a tough person. Like I can handle hard feedback. Like I'll be good. But so many people had quit her team before. Like she had a really high turnover rate for athletes. Like, so I think if I, I, if I could go back and tell my own self that it would have been to listen to what those other people were saying and looking at how many people had been on her team one year and quit the next year or had switched to other universities and things like that, because it says a lot about the team and the culture and you really want to be with a team and with a coach and a culture that is your vibe. So, and you will be able to find it, like trust yourself that you'll be able to find that. So don't settle for anything less. Yeah. That's really good. I feel like so many people do overlook that and then they're three years in and they hate their sport now and they've, they quit and they're like, I never want to play again because they chose the wrong coach. And that's so sad, but it happens a lot. Yeah. And the coaches always too, like they're always trying to put their best face forward for you. For sure. So you don't necessarily get to see their side, like the sides of them that 
probably aren't as great when you're on your recruiting journey. So just keeping that in mind, especially as a young athlete is super, super important. Love that you have a podcast that's specifically for former female athletes. I feel like this is what I need. It's just an untouched area. I think all the women you impact will be wonderful. That was Tony Vandenbrink, former volleyball player from Mount Royal University. I really hope y'all got something good out of that conversation. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about how much our body image changes after we graduate and how we just stop all of the rigorous activity we're doing and it feels like we're looking at a different person in the mirror. But if you feel that way, I promise you're not alone. A ton of us feel like that. Make sure to go follow Tony on Instagram at done.with.dieting. She posts a lot of good resources and just great stuff to look at on there. I'll also link them in the episode description as well as the podcast socials and my socials per usual. If you like this episode or any of my other episodes, make sure to leave us a nice little review. It helps a lot, I promise. And follow us on Instagram at former female athlete pod and on TikTok at former female athlete. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Storyblocks Audio.